Hi there, this is Alana Terry, and you have joined me for another episode of the Successful Writer Podcast. I hope things are going really well for you this week, and today's episode is going to be a little chit-chat with you all about our family's experience uh, recovering from COVID. So we got sick right around Halloween time. Uh, still testing positive, although the kids and I are basically over the symptoms now and really thankful for that. But, you know, when you're laid up for a week or more, like we were, you get to thinking about things. And I wanted to chat with you about some of the things that came to mind while I was in recovery and how those things relate to us as authors And honestly, I think that those of us who write full-time or as a hobby or for love or for a living or basically anybody who's a writer, I think we tend to have a tiny bit of morbid sense of curiosity. So I thought that some people might also be interested in the ins and outs things fully. It was not as severe as it could have been. We were spared the worst of the real respiratory kind of issues. For most of us, it was things like fever and aches and chills and things like that. So we were really, really thankful to not have to worry about, you know, can I take a breath, which I know has been one of the more serious complications that comes here. So all in all, we are feeling really, really thankful to be getting back toward full health. And here is just sort of a list of things that I was thinking about slash lessons that I learned while my children and I were recovering from a crazy illness like COVID. So lesson number one is that the world doesn't end when you get sick. The world doesn't end when you slow down. All of the things that you think need to happen today probably can happen tomorrow or in a week. And sometimes you get a curveball and really everything needs to be put on the back burner until you are feeling well enough to get back to those to-do lists. My readers have no idea that I was sick It's not like they're missing out on not being able to read my books. My books are still up for sale. I was behind on emails. It wasn't the end of the world. And I think sometimes we need to remind ourselves of that. I think that that's why vacations or staycations or taking weekends off. I think all of these are really good reminders to yourself that you can slow down on your work duties and nothing terrible happens. And for those of us who can feel a lot of pressure or a lot of guilt or a lot of anxiety about not feeling like we can slow down, it's a really good reminder and a good practice to cultivate so that you don't need to, you know, end up sick on your back, not really able to function in order to get the rest that you need. This kind of leads into lesson two, which is that work really is a blessing. And I think that That's been a struggle for me to remember. I think this whole year has been hard for me in this area. I've been taking a sabbatical from fiction and I look less busy from day to day. I'm still doing a lot of things for authors. I'm working on a lot of courses and that kind of thing. But I've also really spent this whole year, even before lockdown, deliberately trying to 
slow down to focus on the things that I love, which is more of the daydreaming kind of things and the planning and vision casting and really allowing myself a lot of luxury for thinking about those kinds of things. And I think that I got to where it became a dichotomy in this sort of tension and almost a battle between what I can either be working or I can be resting. And what I realized during, it was about a week where I, I took, you know, a full week off of work. Um, I probably checked in with email, you know, and things like that, but didn't respond to things if I didn't have the energy to, things like that. So it was about a week. And then when I started to get my energy back and started to do more, even like stuff around the house, I realized, you know, work's a blessing. I made lasagna for the family last night and it was one of our first actual cooked meals. It wasn't like, here's a piece of toast and crackers <laughs> so that you don't starve. And in general, like I don't love spending time in the kitchen. I often think of that as, you know, nothing but a chore. But I realized, you know, it's a blessing to be able to do some of these simple things or to get caught back up on the laundry even, or it doesn't even have to be things like writing related that I realized, but just being able to get stuff done and take care of things, that's a real blessing. And so I think I needed that attitude shift because I have started to see things as like chores or things that take away from time that I'd rather be doing other things. And it was a good reminder for me what a true gift it is to be able to take care of yourself, take care of your family, to get work done. I started working on my ads again just last night. It's busy work. Sometimes I'll look at it as, oh, I wish I didn't have to do this kind of stuff. But having not really been very able to function for a week and then getting back into it, like even the busy work has felt like a gift. Another thing that being sick reminded me of is how much energy it takes to even think. And it sounds like I'm making a joke or being glib or facetious. I'm actually not. We spend so much time in our brains and that takes a pretty extensive mental toll. And most of the time we're not aware of how much energy we're expending when we're doing things like writing or plotting or outlining until we really lose like almost all of our energy and then you realize like oh even thinking like focusing on one question can be hard like I got an email from a student who had a super simple question where when I'm healthy I could have written her back and answered her in 40 seconds and it took me a couple days having this email in my inbox not responded to before I actually had the energy <laughs> to write out the response. And so I think a takeaway is for even in the times when we are healthy and thriving is to just remember that the work we do, like turning ideas into a book, is very energy extensive and we need to be protecting our energy and protecting our health and sleeping well. I'm just now getting back to where I've had two full nights of sleep and I was sick. It was like up and down and up and down. And that's for sure something not to be taken for granted or to be put off for another day. I think that this whole year and especially our, our week to week and a half of being pretty sick just reminded me 
not to take our health for granted because when you lose your health, like you can't write. So for those of you who maybe have been scared to slow down, you're fighting off signs of stress and burnout, but you just feel like you've got to keep plugging away because the industry is going to move on without you if you don't keep writing, you know, 5,000 or 8,000 words a day or something like that. Just, yeah, you can, you can do that kind of production and some people can do that for years and some people that's totally sustainable for an entire career. But don't do that to the jeopardy of your health because once your health is gone, then you don't have that at all, right? So it's better to pace yourself if you need to. And each person has a different threshold of how fast they can work, how much adrenaline their system functions well with. And so there's no like one size fits all or anything like that. But just if you've been plowing through and working really, really, really hard, and you've been functioning at 110% of capacity for years, and you're scared to slow down, I think that It's probably time to do a tiny bit of introspection and to realize that a really, really, really fast pace, fast for you, right? Each, each one of us has a different threshold of how much we can handle. But if you're, if you're at that 110 capacity for a really prolonged period of time, I encourage you to think about where you can slow down a little bit or where you can hire out some help or things like that, because if you lose your health, then it all comes to a screeching, screeching halt. I'm not trying to be over dramatic or anything like that. But sometimes we get these glimpses where you're sick for a week and it reminds you, okay, I would rather rest on the weekends and stay healthy for the entire year than work, you know, four months straight and then end up sick for a month, right? It's just one of those things of just managing your energy knowing yourself, knowing your kind of peak capacity and making sure that if you are pushing yourself hard, that you're also giving yourself those times of rest and recuperation. And that leads me into the next lesson, which is really to kind of have some fallback plans. So I got the sense that we were getting sick, plus we knew we had had some secondhand exposure. And so I had a couple days to kind of prepare, thinking, okay, there's a decent chance that we're going to end up sick. I used that time to like take care of things, make sure that there were certain things set up on autopilot. Um, most of that had to do with more of the family logistics, right? Making sure that bills were still going to get paid on time, that we had um, clean clothes so that, you know, I could take a week off of laundry and it wouldn't be total chaos, things like that. I have found that being prepared for, I don't want to call it disaster because that's kind of over-exaggerating what our family went through at least with this, but being prepared for some of the worst case scenarios actually like helps me feel more empowered and less anxious. I know some people don't even want to think about it. They don't want to entertain those thoughts. I found for me that knowing something scary might happen and then knowing that I've made some logical steps to be ready in that event, that helps me to feel empowered and prepared and less anxious and worried about things. So it's a good reminder, you know, if you're sick, if you're laid up for two weeks, 
how well are things going to continue to function if you can't log on to your computer, right? Um, I've got a document that I've shared with my husband and with my assistant, and basically it's if I'm in a terrible accident or something like that, and I'm going to be out of commission for a month or longer, here's kind of just the steps of what's to do to make sure that things don't go totally chaotic. Like, so my assistant has my login credentials so that she can go and pause my ads so that, you know, Facebook and Amazon aren't going to totally overspend or something if I can't check in with my dashboard. We just have some plans like that in place. And for some people, it sounds kind of morbid to talk about things in those terms. But like I said, I really look at it as a way of staring an uncertain future in the face and saying, you know what? I'm ready. Now, we're never going to be able to be completely prepared for every single contingency, and I don't think we need to live our lives in total fear, but just having some common sense plans in place, who you can call on, the login information so that someone can access your account if they need to, those things are important to just kind of have in place as a backup should you need it. So I've mentioned it before on the podcast. There's a book I read this year called Deep Survival. And it's all about like wilderness survival, extreme accident kinds of things. But the question the author had was, what is it that sets apart the people who survive in these really terrible conditions versus the people who don't make it? And one of the hallmarks of people who survive is a sense of just kind of curiosity the example that I remember from the book is there was just one teenage girl who survived this terrible plane crash in, I think it was South America in the jungle. And it took her like over a week to find help. And she was seriously injured, but she was the one who survived. And she remembers falling from this plane and looking at the trees and saying something to herself like, you know, they look like little broccoli leaves or something. I, I forget the exact details, but it was this sense of, looking at what most people would consider like one of the scariest things that could ever happen to you. And I'm sure in her case, it was the scariest thing that had happened to her, but looking at it with a sense of wonder and curiosity. And I feel like that's something that we as authors know how to do amazingly well. I've got the story of my mom who was going through a medical emergency and her first thought was I could write about this one day and I love that thought. I know for me what was even worse than the symptoms of COVID was just kind of the panic and the anxiety, the not knowing if things were going to get worse, worrying about my kids and whether they were going to start having trouble breathing, things like this. And it sort of felt like having a panic attack, but not having the energy to actually panic. And so it was all like internalized. And so for me, that was really the hardest part to go through with the recovery. And one of the things I tried to do was to really look at it with a sense of detached curiosity, right? So like, okay, how would I explain this if a character was going through this. And I think that that's a skill that can help us no matter what it is we're going through. Again, it's a little bit of that morbid curiosity and how it can help us to get through some hard times. So, you know, in your case, whether it's illness or tragedy or just, you know, a rough day at work or whatever it is, 
being able to look at what you're going through with kind of this detached curiosity can be really, really helpful to think of yourself as a protagonist. And sometimes, like, especially in 2020, sometimes, like, we just have to laugh, right? <laughs> like, when did the murder hornets come on the scene? Like, sometime in the summer, like, there was nothing to do but laugh and to be like, of course, this would be the year that murder hornets are going to show up on the scene. And so we have a lot of resources as writers that can help us through some of these difficult times. And then no matter what it is you're going through, I encourage you to just kind of keep that in the back of your mind, this idea that, you know what, once you come out on the other side, you can write about this. It's going to make your writing better. It's going to make your characters richer. And that's always kind of the silver lining when we go through some hardships like this. So that kind of wraps up today's episode. I hope that it was encouraging and that whatever you might be facing right now or whenever you're listening to this, that you found some inspiration and some encouragement. We're just so thankful to be getting back towards full health. And I hope and pray that you stay healthy and safe and well, and we will talk to you soon. This is Alana, and you have been listening to the Successful Writer Podcast. I hope today's episode was encouraging and informative for you to help you level up in your author career. If you want more ongoing support for your marketing, your productivity, and your mindset, please join me and New York Times bestselling author and my teaching bestie, Melissa Storm, in our Patreon Writing Cave We've got daily videos, we've got live group chats and sprints and everything you need to increase both your marketing and your productivity for your books. You can find out more and join us starting at the $10 a month level at patreon.com slash writing cave. Thanks again for listening. Have a fabulous day.